Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Tuesday morning, the 3rd of October, President of Ag Force is Georgie Somerset. Never has there been a more critical time where we need our groups and our leadership to be representing us in all facets of agriculture. There's no two ways about the situation at the moment is is diabolical from a drought perspective, but there's also some real pain going on with the prices at the moment. Short term, sure, but we need everybody on the same page. Georgie, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate you giving me some time. I know how busy you are. No, good morning, Ben. No, it's always good to, to catch up and um, and also just update people on where things are at. Mm. We've, um, geez, it's dry, isn't it? I mean, in parts of Queensland and New yep. South Wales, <laughs> diabolical. Um, who would have thought, and I say this, like 12 months ago, we're looking, we're talking record prices and the season's never been as good. People can't mm. get on that, can't get their headers into the wheat crops and we've just come the full circle, which is a real concern. Yeah, I drove up to Rocky last week for the National Drought Forum and uh, I've got to say it gets, gets a bit better in central Queensland. So, so if any of them are feeling a bit dry up there, do come down to southern Queensland. It is, it is, it is dry here, but it has been dry all year. We've only had a few falls that have sort of got us through. And I think, I think back to, um, you know, the 2013 flood in southern Queensland, we, the, the one that really hit the North Burnett, South Burnett and Bundaberg, within 12 months we were supporting people through drought again then. So I think what's the double whammy this time is the commodity and the interest rates. So um, look, it is, it, it's good to see some headers in paddocks and I'm hearing some good results from crops, which is great. Um, but it is, it is tough to do this quick adjustment and it's a difficult time of year when so many, you know, we've got calves landing all over southern Queensland and you're trying to make decisions about, um, you know, next year's calf crop and things. Yeah. Can I, um, can I ask you this? Um, and I mean this genuinely. The drought forum last week that you attended and were at, I'm going to get to renewables in a minute. Are we seeing an extremist uh, point of view from the government at the moment? I understand that this was locked in for some yeah. time, but it seems to me catastrophic you know, fire, danger, mm. all these words are getting trotted out and it's off the back of their push for renewables. Now, I understand that we've, there's a place for everything, but I am concerned by the direction that they're going in and I understand that you guys are at the table. That's the best thing that we yeah. know, but it's, I am look, concerned. It, yeah, look, I think what I what I do get concerned about is just that, that – um, the reality is that media really like big headlines and they like to find the, the angle in every story. Um, what what I think is is useful out of some of these things is that we do have some better modelling tools and I'd really encourage people to get on and have a look at some of the modelling tools. We had some we had some really good presentations and my thoughts were how do we get these people out more widely and, and we'll, I'm trying to get one of those to Longreach for the um, Ag Force Members Forum in November because um, they are... They are deeply committed, and a lot of these scientists and climatologists and things do come off the land themselves. They're really committed to trying to find a way for us to be more informed and make better decisions with a bit more security. So, so I try and just look past the headlines, and I guess people sort of said to me, oh, well, it's not the first time we've been here. Um, what, what I think is good is that last week um, we had the confirmation of, the, of Brent Finlay as chairing the consultative committee for the... Um, future drought fund for the next four years. He's got a new committee, um, got a mix of, of producers and scientists on there. 
we've got a commitment of $100 million a year per, you know, for four years. So I think that's, and also some, um, the continuity of the funding for the Rural Financial Counselling Service for, from next June for two years, which isn't new money, but it's actually just making sure we can extend those people's contracts if that's what, you know, those, those organisations are wanting to do. So I, I feel like that sort of, we can park that now. We know that we we can work with these drought hubs. We can actually look at what is going to support us. Um, yes, they released some drought plans, but you're right. None of this is terribly new to us. We have been around before, and actually, what we've got to focus on is what are the decisions we can make in our businesses for our families, on our circumstances, and not get caught up in the big picture. You know, it, are we? Well, there's been we no mention. There's been no, yeah, but there's been no mention of this. This is the problem, Georgie. Um, we, we've heard danger and all this kind of stuff and heat waves for the metropolitan, but there's been no mention for the farmers. There's been yeah, no so mention that commodity – in any other industry, hmm. in any other industry in Queensland, if what was happening to the farming community at the moment and the agricultural sector at the moment with what you said at the beginning, commodity prices, drought, and interest rates, there would be support. It would be front page of every single paper. It would be dominating the news cycle. Yet it mm-hmm. is not even mentioned. There's a there was something briefly in the Daily Telegraph in Sydney about page fourteen that farmers are doing it tough in in New South Wales. But there, there is it's a whimper. It's, yeah, look, but it's a really fine line for me too, Ben, because. Um, I don't know if you saw some of the feedback about um, the Telstra ad during the grand final where there was some commentary yesterday about this is not what our communities look like. They're not busted. They're actually thriving and we've got really strong businesses. So we, we have to walk this fine line between um, – because we've, we've worked really hard in the last 10 years. So there actually is support there now. If people need the farm household allowance, go in and get the farm household allowance. Like, you know, go and get the support for putting in some infrastructure. But – but I also get feedback that they don't want to be on the front page of the paper saying we'll all be doomed. So it's this really fine line that I walk all the time about, um, look, I'll let you know, the minister is well aware of what's going on. Um, both ministers, you know, we had the treasurer in Rockhampton last week. That was actually, for me, a, a really good thing to actually have the treasurer and the assistant minister for regions in, in um, Anthony Chisholm. So Jim Chalmers, Anthony Chisholm, Murray Watt, Mark Ferner. So Murray Watt and Mark Ferner actually were in that forum or around that forum most of the day. That to me is actually, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of conversations and there were producers in the room and Rural Financial Counselling Service and those sorts of people who are on the ground. But actually what we, we got was a bit of a commitment that agriculture is important to the economy. So while I hear what you're saying, we actually, um, you know, I, I find that people want us to be seen as a robust industry that actually can get through. Yeah, now, I know, and all that's all that's it's, great. So but if, if, if it, Georgie, if, if 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 that's what they're saying is right, okay. So, and I'd like to believe it, and I I hear your passion, and I agree, and I and I applaud what you do for us. Then why, I'm asking you this genuinely: is there a set of rules for renewables? So I can tell you, countless places yep. around Rockhampton where, mate, you can clear land, you can build solar, you can put wind farms up. Yet we've got reef regulations for people at Winton. Now you tell me if they concerned and that's important to them, how they've got a set of rules where you can just don't you don't even need to ask the state or federal government. 
it's a council issue. They've made a clear runway for renewables, and yet the bloke who's sitting in Windora is still under the same vegetation laws. Uh, he's under reef regulation laws. He's under all these absolutely ludicrous restrictions about running his own property. But if you are a renewables and you and and it can be foreign owned, doesn't have to be Australian owned. You can mm. do a deal with the devil. Um, you get the green light, and and you can potentially buy some offsets from someone that's on the offshore or offshore. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a it's a really big conundrum. I mean, we've got Rockhampton, we've got them. Um, someone likened it to Eureka in um, the Burnett Inland, you know, particularly South Burnett Western Downs. They've just got larger picks and shovels, and I think that's that's exactly right. There's this is coordinated general level. Um, the local, the regional councils, and um, we'll have seen from that forum out at Rockham, out of Roma the other day, where the South Burnett Councillor were talking about their experience. They often don't know about it until the project's been been approved as well. Um, there, there are some real questions, and I see down at Tara where the producers are saying we, they fought, we don't have enough they, surety. Yeah, they fought it. Yeah. They knocked it back, but it, it, it's going to go on. But this is well, what you th- can knock it back because these are commercial negotiations. So producers have gone into a commercial negotiation. So my thing is so, and I spoke at the Gasfields Commission uh, Community Forum the other week, um, and, and really my thing is always that treat us treat us like we are, which is yeah. business people, and send serious business people out to talk to us, um, which has always been my line. But the, the Gasfields Commission are being asked to look after renewables now and in the sense that the landholder is not in a position of, of strength when it comes to negotiating. I, I really, I'll come back to some of my principles about, you know, you do not have to go into these deals. You do have to think about it. You need to talk to your neighbours. This is a commercial negotiation. You're not being forced to do anything, but you need to extract as much as you can because you you know, this is the next 30, 50 years for your family and you need to think about the impact but, it's but, going to have but, for your business. But why does it have to be? Like what Like what? What? what was wrong? Like I mean this genuinely. We saw the fire in Baldacombe and the Tesla batteries igniting. That, that, that's just a fact. What, why, what, why do we have to go down that road? Like, well, and, and, and I, a, I mean no, generally, like, yeah, yeah. You know, this is yeah. And what, if agriculture is so important to them, and they understand what it does with the economy, and we all know it. Why? Why the push for this? This is the, and and there's a place for it, but the the rushed. It, it's like they've done a deal, and it doesn't matter at any cost. They're pushing forward because they've done a deal. Yet we see that cold, the coal decline, right? The coal decline at the moment, you know, over to to China at the moment, and um, and in over to Europe because of you know the decline of coal, but. Asian nations, it's growing. Like, it's just, mm. it's a complete mm. contradiction to everything they want. Mm. And I, I think you're right. I think people are really questioning whether they want renewables in their community. And I think we're going to have a much more robust conversation over the next, you know, particularly the next year about what what does this look like for the landscape as people see them, um, you know, you drive the, the Warrego Highway now and you see them at Drillum. So people are actually seeing what they look like. We've had Cooper's Gap for a couple of years near the Bunya Mountains. Um, people have obviously had them in North Queensland, but they're now st- seeing the reality of what this is going to be in the landscape and getting a sense of um, what what communities haven't been consulted on. And I think that's the challenge as well. So you talk about the land management regulations and um, that's been one of our, our challenges for years. It's the same with housing developments over some really good um, peri-urban land, 
we're now seeing the same march where renewables don't seem to have the same, um, you know, restrictions on them as we do as land managers. Um, And communities are asking some of those questions as well. Well, it needs to happen. Um, Are you concerned about that? Is that the big issue for you? Is the renewables the one that you're like, well, hang on, this is very grey at the moment and we don't know the landscape? I am concerned that producers um, are entering into negotiations when they're not in a position of strength and and I think that's really that's really risky. And we saw that people. with coal seam gas in 06, early in the 2000s, that people were unaware and some people were able to, to be smart enough and street smart enough to get it. Other people didn't realise and all hell broke loose. Yeah, and look, I have to say the, the coal seam gas, it's interesting. We've got some different – so we've had some – Developments there where the Office of Groundwater Assessment um, now have a responsibility to go down to farm level around subsidence. So there have been some real gains made there. But what some of the conversation the other week was also around end of life for some of those wells. And and what will that mean for the community? Um, So the interesting thing is what's still in that community? Well, it's agriculture. And this is what we continue to say is that while other industries come and go, it is agriculture that remains the mainstay of regional Queensland. And, you know, that that's, I know, what you are so passionate about and yeah. what we will continue to um, drive for. And we have to keep seeking policies um, that support and enable agriculture to actually flourish. And this is, we are in a difficult place at the moment and, and I don't have any quick answers for anyone and we just need to continue prioritising agriculture in the decision-making Yeah, appreciate your time, Georgie. I know how busy you are. You do a phenomenal job. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. It is a concern, something we're going to continue to fire up about. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Ben. Good on you, Georgie Somerset, President of Ag Force. We'll take a break, come back. Rural Queensland today.